Welcome to Hello Jelly. Brian here. And I'm Megan Miller, where we're having entertainingly honest conversations for not yet, almost, and newly marrieds. Last week on The Jelly, we talked about comparison and contentment. If you missed it, check it out on iTunes, episode 5. It's crazy. We're already into episode 6. I love it. It's so fun. We're talking about keeping score this week. So I'll be honest, it's taken a while for us to get to this point of recording because every time we've brought it up, it's kind of stirred up a bit of an argument. This is something we struggle with a lot. So, or I guess I struggle with a lot. Uh, I think I struggle with it equally as much. So it's good. It's good for us to talk about it out loud. So thank you for listening and giving us the opportunity to work out some of our own issues while we try to help you out too. So I am defining keeping score as that moment in the day. A lot of times for me, it's at night where you come to this realization that you've been working effortlessly, I mean, tirelessly, not effortlessly all day. And it seems as if the one you love comes home and hasn't really. And maybe you feel a little bit like a maid or we'll get more into it, but I want to hear what you have to say. What's your definition? Well, I like I would like to say it's the classic case of the man going off playing some golf. That's what you think's happening, but really we're working our butts off at work. Oh Come my home. gosh. We're tired, but I get it. My definition of keeping score is when I'm doing something and it could much more conveniently be done by Megan. For example, when I get up in the morning, if we both get up at the same time and I'm walking Franklin, I kind of expect breakfast to either be getting started or be made by the time I, I get done with the walk. So when I am making breakfast, after I've walked him, I think, oh, man. Resentment. A little bit? A little bit bitter? A little bit. It starts creeping in. It's That's, it's wanting a classic trade-off and not really getting it. Right. You know? Like, I'm going to walk the dog, you start get breakfast started if we both have to get to work and get going on our day, you get a little bitter when you realize and feel like you're kind of carrying the whole load. And that's the tricky part about keeping score is for me, it really subtly sneaks up on me. It takes a trigger to realize that maybe I've been doing more than I want to or I feel taken for granted or not really appreciated for, here's an example, making the bed is big for me. But Brian's usually the last one in it. And when I get done with work at the end of the day and I walk in our bedroom and the bed hasn't been made, I get really frustrated because I start to overanalyze, put meaning to it, and feel this overwhelming anger, really, and bitterness. Like, couldn't he even make the bed for me? I've been at work all day. I took care of the dog. I got the dry cleaning, I did this, I did that, and I'm also getting dinner started, and he couldn't even think to make the bed because he knows it's important to me. Yeah, and I think that's where the tricky part in navigating this situation is for guys. And I'm generalizing here, but I do think it's true based off some of the guys I've talked to about this, but um, sometimes it's more about more than just about the the chore that you're doing it's about about the meaning behind it and uh for we'll take the bed making for example i know it is important for megan that i make the bed but to me 
it just seems like a little chore and if I don't do it, oh well, like we're going to get back in the bed. At I night. like the way you described this. You wouldn't take it personally if I didn't make the bed. Right. I yeah. take it personally if you didn't make the bed. And along those same lines, you don't think about what you've neither of us really keep track of what we've done unless the other person calls it out. I say, Brian, I can't believe you didn't make the bed. And all of a sudden in your mind, you're thinking, I've been at work all day. I stopped and grabbed you milk at the grocery store on the way home. I picked up the mail from the mail center and you're, you didn't acknowledge any of that, but you're going to go ahead and call me out on the bed. Right. And I mean, that's why you don't go over those things. (laughs) When that kind of thing's going on, because that usually starts a fight or... So you're saying we need to make sure we're having this conversation apart from all the emotions. Right. And and it's, like you said, I just want to reiterate that it's really important to be conscious of what is important for your spouse. I know it's Mm -hmm. really important that I make the bed. So I'm going to try to be, to do that. I know it's important to text her if I've been gone for too long or... She doesn't know what I'm up to, so I think just knowing what's important specifically to that to your spouse and being conscious of it really makes a difference because it shows that you're thinking about her and caring about her. Right, and like I said earlier, I'm not going through the motions of the day keeping this running tab of, oh, okay, well, here's one more thing he owes me, here's one more thing he owes me. It, it takes a trigger, and the trigger for me is when it feels like it's just expected. Like, oh, hey, um, grab me some water, too. All of a sudden, that means, can't you thank me that I've made dinner and thank me for unloading the dishwasher? Why, why do you feel like I'm just the maid sitting around waiting on you hand and foot? So that's where the, the keeping score comes into play and gets put on the radar when... I don't feel really like appreciated and valued because I do work. The reason I do the things I do is so that he feels loved and he has a nice home to come back to and he has all the food he needs and and we have the place to call home that we love coming yeah. back to. So and, Yeah, it could be as little of things as setting the table or getting waters or even just being really polite about you know, thanking her for the effort she's gone to. I mean, that can make all the difference. Right. So another way we see this creep up sometimes is financially. Um, I think Brian's better equipped yeah. to handle well, this Well, I think, I think this. a lot of couples feel like if you go out and buy something expensive, then maybe I can treat myself to something. Because, I mean, you, ha- you got those brand new shoes last week. And I really want this new driver this week. Oh, lordy. Right. Um, and, and I think this comes into play a lot in our relationship in particular, for example. <laughs> oh, gosh. I mean, we always are buying what we want. You know, Megan gets a new pair of shoes. I pay the rent. <laughs> Megan gets a new hat she wants. And I buy food for Franklin. And she gets some new luggage. And I get to buy gas for the car. So in our relationship, we really don't... We really don't operate that way as you can see because we're both just buying what we want and what we love okay whatever you know if this is a big issue for you and you get as upset as i can about this lack of balance or maybe even appreciation make sure you check yourself because i've had to work through some issues 
Um, in episode one, we talked about going back to marriage counseling, and this was a big part of it because I didn't realize how much of the little things I did was because I was trying to earn love from Brian or earn value or worth from him. So make sure that it's not something deeper. If you constantly find yourself waiting for that little word of affirmation or waiting on hand, you're waiting on pins and needles to be thanked or valued or noticed, make sure that you're, you are doing it out of love and out of betterment for your relationship and for your spouse and not because there's a deeper-seated issue that needs to be addressed. Um, that That is definitely very case-specific to you and what's going on, but it, it is good to have a conversation with the one you love and tell them, you know, this is important to me. Make sure, has has the expectation been communicated? And if it hasn't, just say, it's, it seems silly, but I love when you make the bed. Can, do you, do you mind if you're the last, whoever's the last one to get out of the bed, let's just make sure that person makes it. Yep. And I think another good solution to this problem is making the effort. And that's kind of the key point is the effort to consciously think about what your spouse has been doing throughout right. the day. Right, like Putting on your drive home, kind yeah. of think like, okay, he's been at the field all day, he's probably exhausted, he's... Yeah, then you won't write off as easily some of the things that have been done around the house or out at work. Or you don't get too consumed in what you've done. Like, right. practice that compassion and think, compassion. I'm not the only one in this, this is we're a unit that's one of our other solutions is make sure you really see yourself as two a team that's working together for the betterment of your family for your apartment for if you have a dog for your dog if you have kids the same thing you aren't doing it by yourself everything that you do is an investment in your relationship and the life that you have together so um balance out those needs don't if you're getting a lot of pride from handling it all by yourself, you're doing yourself a disservice because you married someone you love who can help you out just as much. So maybe trade off some responsibilities and and find a way to f- make it feel more of a team effort. That's great. And now that we've gotten through that, I'm up one nothing <laughs> because you asked me to do this and I did it. So. Oh my gosh. Looking forward to holding that over your head the rest of the evening. Wow. Well, I'll replay this for you tonight when you start to hold that over my head. Excellent. And that is a great segue into Tidbits by Beaver, building the dam of knowledge that'll get you through any battle over keeping score and any opponent in your life. Wow. This week, I'm talking to all those out there that suffer from can't find that syndrome and this generally rears its head um, when asked to find something in a closet drawer grocery store and I believe the problem came about in you know in the early 1400s and it's passed itself along genealogically and spread its roots throughout the uh, male and perhaps some female families what I'm speaking of is when Megan asked me politely Brian, you're coming home from baseball. Can you grab some melt-away chocolates for dessert tonight? I say, yes. I walk in the store. I'm there for 30 minutes. (laughs) They are nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. I end up calling Megan, saying they're not here. 
and they end up being there. You know, I I have some theory of my own. If Ryan says he can't find it or it's not in there, it's actually proven to be 100% in there or on the shelf or in the drawer. So it is a little bit helpful when I send you to find something and you can't find it. I know it's there. And I'm glad I've drawn that out of you this evening. <laughs> As always, you can find us at hello.jelly on Instagram, where you can contact us with any ideas for future podcast topics, any feedback or questions you'd like us to answer. We are so thankful to have you on here listening. We're figuring this out right alongside you, and we hope you have a great week. Slap some of that jelly on it. Oh, gosh. Bye.